0: Hello, and welcome to the Designed for Greatness podcast, conversations with Candace to help you elevate your mind, body, and spirit and own your divine greatness. Today, you have episode number four Living with 100% Commitment and Zero Expectation. Do you ever want to control the outcome of certain events? Have you ever been suffering and wish you could force a miracle to happen? Have you ever felt complete confidence in how you think a situation should play out and then felt disappointed when your expectation wasn't realized? Do you expect superhuman results in every role you play and end up feeling like a failure when you can't do it all? What do you expect from God? What do you expect from yourself? Are expectations ruining these relationships? I am so excited to dive into these questions today. I can't wait to share what I have learned about the issues inherent with expectations and the power of genuine surrender. When we live into the energy of flow and alignment and when we subsequently drop expectations and resistance, it is so liberating. I will limit the scope of my podcast today to focus on expectations we have about our life and how that plays out in our relationship with God and ourself. In a future podcast, I'll dive deeper into the expectations we have for others and how that affects those relationships. My hope is that this podcast will touch your heart and inspire you to up-level the way you see and think about God, yourself, and your life. Ultimately, I hope to inspire you to live with 100% commitment and zero expectation. Think about that for a second. Can you live with 100% commitment and zero expectation? Now, hang on with me here. Yes, I seriously mean zero expectation. I imagine you're thinking like I did the first time I heard this concept. Wait, is that even possible living without any expectation whatsoever? 100% commitment is certainly understandable, but can we live with zero expectation? And is that even a good idea? Okay. I hear you. These were my initial thoughts as I contemplated what zero expectation even looks like. Let me explain. Martina Muir is an amazing mentor of mine. I found her through her program called the intuition gym, and then I did one of her brave retreats. She has been instrumental in guiding the development of the spirit piece of my human trifecta around the beginning of the year, Martina asked me this question. She said, Candace, can you live with 100% commitment and zero expectation? Initially, I was actually upset by her question. My knee-jerk reaction was, why would I even want to consider living without expectations? My simple definition of faith, which I had written in my very first set of scriptures as a young girl, and which I had clung to for four decades, was this. Faith equals a confident expectation. To me, faith was all about expecting good things. My life was riddled with expectations everywhere, and I honestly thought that was a good thing. I desire to live a life full of faith. Faith in God, faith in myself, faith in others. And because of my definition of faith, I had intertwined confident expectations into every relationship that I had. I naively thought that it was a good thing to expect great things from God for my life, and to hold myself to high expectations. But as I will show you, expectations can actually be very corrosive. Justin Colson shared a beautiful nugget of wisdom I've proven over and over to be true in my life. There are three D's that destroy relationships, which now that I know them, I try to avoid these three D's at all costs. The three D's are being dismissive, being disappointed, or being disapproving. Unmet expectations lead to these three Ds every time, and they're destructive to relationships. At the time Martina challenged me to live with zero expectations, I was suffering from a herniated L5-S1 disc. I didn't know at the time that my disc was herniated. All I knew was that I was hurting. All the time, I was hurting. Severe sciatica pain ran down my left leg relentlessly. I was struggling to perform just the bare necessities for my family. I was coaching the freshman high school basketball team at the time, and I would spend most of my day in bed, trying to calm the pain down enough so I could make it through practice. It didn't work. I could only stand for two minutes before the pain started getting unbearable. I would grit through it, but after about five minutes, I just couldn't handle it anymore and I had to find somewhere to sit or lay down. I ordered a portable TENS unit to try to cope with the pain. This TENS device delivers electrical stimulation in varying intensities and patterns, utilizing the gait theory of pain. It did allow me to stand a bit longer, long enough to coach a basketball game, but I truly was in bad shape. I simply could not live like this. The thing is I fully expected a miracle. I erroneously believed my expectation was an indication of my strong faith. I knew I was doing the things God wanted. I knew he was all powerful and could grant me this gift of healing. I genuinely confidently expected that because of his love and my strivings for righteousness, I would be miraculously healed. Well, as the days and weeks passed and my pain only got worse, my unmet expectation of being cured, began to corrode my relationship with God and my relationship with myself. The devastating, heart-wrenching disappointment and my continued suffering came from thoughts like, I guess God can't hear me. What have I done to distance myself from God? I must be messing up. Otherwise I'd qualify for his help. What have I done to my body? Why is it failing me? How come God doesn't want me to get better? I can't live like this. I just have to have more faith. I must be lacking somehow. I'm an utter failure if I can't generate enough faith to create this miracle. And I would think over and over again, I know I have work to do. With my kids, with my family, my clients, my team, I have a responsibility to help others, but I have to have a functioning body to perform these missions. Why God, why aren't you stepping in? I disapproved of the way God was treating me, and I felt utterly dismissed by Him as my expectations continued to go unmet day after day. I wanted to force God's hand. I wanted to coerce Him somehow into stopping the pain. Why wasn't He meeting my demands? My unmet expectations were creating seeds of enmity, causing significant decay in my relationship with God and in my relationship with myself and in my relationship with my body. That's what expectations do. They engender feelings of disappointment, disapproval, and feeling dismissed. Unmet expectations create seeds of enmity that destroy relationships. I'm so grateful for Martina Muir's wise counsel to let go of expectations, the expectations I was clinging to so desperately, and to instead surrender. Surrender. I hope you realize how scary it was for me to truly surrender, to let go of what I thought my life was supposed to look like and accept that I might live with this pain and with significant activity restrictions for the rest of my life. Many tears ensued. The thing is, with the challenge to pull out every thread of expectation, I became aware of the distance I was placing between myself and God because of these expectations I noticed the resentment I felt toward my body, and I recognized how awful I was being to myself as I insisted on beating myself up for things outside of my lane. It was time to accept God's plan for me, even if it included disability. The reality is I don't have control over final outcomes anyway. When it comes to my curriculum in this life, I can ask for my heart's desires in prayers full of hope. I can set myself up for success by living righteously, wholeheartedly obeying God's commandments from a place of love. And I can exercise faith in God's ultimate plan, being willing to let God prevail. All these things are wonderful and good and benefit our lives in powerful ways. But when all is said and done at the end of the day, our curriculum in life is God's business. And God is concerned more with our growth than our comfort. I love how Todd Christopherson put it. Quote, Some misunderstand the promises of God to mean that obedience to him yields specific outcomes on a fixed schedule. If life doesn't fall out precisely according to an expected timetable, they may feel betrayed by God. But things are not so mechanical in the divine economy. We ought not to think of God's plan as a cosmic vending machine, where one, select a desired blessing, two, insert the required sum of good works, and three, the order is promptly delivered. Not every blessing predicated on obedience to law is shaped, designed, and timed according to our expectations. We do our best, but must leave to him the management of blessings, both temporal and spiritual." End quote. The curriculum of our life experience is God's business, and at this time of my life, suffering from the herniated disc and debilitating sciatica, God was giving me what felt like doctorate-level curriculum. My growth, however, was directly proportional to my level of surrender, to my genuine release of expectations. God knew this specific trial would grow me in ways I couldn't have even fathomed at the time. My sweet friend, Martina Muir, who has an incredible gift of spiritual sight, told me she could see gold strands of energy throughout my back. These, she explained, are God strands, and we do not have any control over them. They indicate that the severe trial of my back was indeed part of God's plan for me. As hard as that was for me to hear, it was also comforting to know God knew I could handle it and that He was hoping for my growth from this trial." My business, the things in my lane, which I have complete control over are my thoughts, feelings, and actions, my growth, and how I love God, myself, and others. As I began weeding out expectations, instead of focusing on my solution, a miracle, which is not within my control, by having zero expectations, I was able to instead focus on 100% commitment to showing up as my highest self. Despite the circumstances, even in intense, debilitating pain, I could stay 100% committed to my internal journey of growth and my external journey in service to others. It might look different than I thought it would, but by letting go of all expectations while maintaining hope for a full recovery and faith in God's plan for my life, living with 100% commitment enabled me to grow, getting better as a person because of the trial not bitter towards God, myself, or my body. In the Bible story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were faced with being consumed in the fiery furnace because they would not fall down and worship the golden image, they said in Daniel 3, 17 and 18, If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known, unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship thy golden image, which thou hast set up." Basically, they said, if it be so, our God will save us, but if not, we will remain faithful. They embodied living with 100% commitment and zero expectations. In this instance, God provided a miracle and not a hair on their head was burned. However, God doesn't always provide the miracle. Our power lies in saying, if it be so, grant me the miracle, but if not, I will be faithful regardless. This life experience of my herniated disc is what opened my eyes to the dangers associated with expectations. There are so many negative consequences inherent with maintaining high expectations about ourselves and our life, whether these expectations are met or not. As we consistently set and meet high expectations for ourselves, a sense of entitlement begins to set in. The evidence of past results or the expectations we've met in the past can engender a feeling that we deserve certain blessings. If we aren't careful, this can lead to pride and a tendency to forget God. As we consistently meet high expectations, it's easy to start taking full credit for each success. Entitlement goes hand in hand with expectations and never serves us. It often shows up as demanding results for our merits or setting qualifications on our faith or on our actions based on whether we get what we believe we earned. This entitled, demanding, deserving energy is a slimy byproduct of expectations. Another issue arises as we meet expectation after expectation and then expect to continue to meet expectations. Are you following me? Pressure sets in. And a perfectionist mentality develops. I love the song from Encanto called Surface Pressure. Some of the lyrics are as follows. Under the surface, I feel berserk as a tightrope walker in a three-wing circus. Under the surface, I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be of service. A flaw or a crack, the straw in the stack that breaks the camel's back. What breaks the camel's back is pressure, like a drip, drip, drip that'll never stop. Pressure that will tip, tip, tip till you just go pop. Who am I if I can't run with the ball? If I fall to pressure, pressure like a grip, grip, grip that won't let go. Pressure like a tick, tick, tick till it's ready to blow. Who am I if I can't carry it all, if I falter? Under the surface, I hide my nerves and it worsens. I worry. Under the surface, I think about my purpose. Can I somehow preserve this? But wait. Wait. If I could somehow shake the crushing weight of expectations, would that free some room up for joy or relaxation or simple pleasure? Instead, we measure this growing pressure. Watch as she buckles and bends but never breaks. No mistakes, just pressure. Pressure like a grip, grip, grip that won't let go. Pressure like a tick, tick, tick till it's ready to blow. Who am I if I don't have what it takes? No cracks, no breaks, no mistakes, no pressure. Do you feel that? Ugh, that is what expectation breeds pressure, perfectionism. In this mental space, failure to meet those high expectations feels like a hit to our worth and our identity. The song says, who am I, if I can't carry it all? Expectations breed an intense focus on results and a fixed mindset. It's either win or fail. It's all or nothing thinking. I'm either meeting the high standards and therefore I am awesome, or if I don't, then I'm awful, worthless, a loser. Burnout and victim posturing are closely associated with expectations. With expectations, success is determined according to worldly standards. The more we buy into our expectations, the more it seems that our worth is conditional based on our results. Titles, awards, grades, wealth, relationship status, our home, our car, our kids, promotions, how much we get done in the day. These results become the validation required to prove we are okay and valuable. The issues intensify when expectations are not met. It's easy to fall for the trap where we make unmet expectations mean We aren't good enough. The failure to meet expectation feels like a devastating blow to confidence, identity, and purpose. The three D's that destroy relationships, disappointment, disapproval, and dismissiveness are tied to every unmet expectation. There's debilitating disappointment and disapproval each and every time. And we dismiss any of the growth or positive things that happen along the way and focus solely on the result that we deem unacceptable shame colors every unmet expectation and if these high expectations we aren't meeting continue to go unmet doubt about who we really are and why we are here along with depression and anxiety are sure to follow do you see it do you see what living with high expectations about ourselves and about our life does it's inevitable Over time, expectations about our life will undoubtedly at some point not be met. If we are unrelentingly holding so tight to our rigid mindset of insisting we meet the high expectations, these expectations about our life will become a cancer to our relationship with God and ourselves. There is a quote that I love from a woman who had a near-death experience. It helps give me perspective about the difficult 50 of life. After she died and experienced what heaven is like, and then came back to life, she said this quote, we have this really screwed up definition of what good and bad is to us. Good is when nothing is wrong and everything is right. However, in the spiritual realm, good is forward motion, no matter how awful it feels. If you're moving forward and growing, affecting the lives of other people, even if you're doing it through grief or any other difficult emotion, that's considered good. Even though all the circumstances around it suck, it's not bad. It's good because you are moving forward, end quote. Living with 100% commitment and zero expectation helps us redefine what good and bad actually looks like in our life. So hopefully I've convinced you to let go of expectations for God. But is it healthy and effective to expect big things of ourself? In the past, I would have answered this question with a resounding, yes, absolutely, we must expect the best of ourselves if we're going to be great. But as I've been striving to work on my relationship with myself and intentionally land in a place of love and compassion for me, I've become aware of what my high and sometimes unrealistic expectations have done to my relationship with myself. Sure, while I was meeting these expectations, I was progressing and achieving. As long as my results jived with my efforts, and as long as I had the time, energy, motivation, health, and skills necessary to do the things I expect of myself, all was good. The issues with expectation for ourselves arise when there is a gap between what we expect and the reality of where we actually are, or what we can actually do. Being a high achiever, winning titles, awards, scholarships, trophies, maintaining a high status, was all a very big part of my past, and the evidence I used as proof of my value. These results were how I showed myself I had met my expectations. But what happens when all the work we put in, day after day after day, fails to bring about the success that we expect. Can you recall a time in your life where an unmet expectation you set for yourself landed you in a low place full of self-deprecation? Do you engage in negative self-talk and beating yourself up if things don't go how you expected them to go? If you don't win the prize, get the promotion, lose the weight, what do you make that mean? Are your high expectations corroding how you see, think about, and treat yourself? I work every day with women who are striving to lose weight. Some have unrealistic expectations, such as they expect to consistently lose 5 to 8 pounds a week until they reach their ideal body size. They do all the things they think would create that result, and then become discouraged, disappointed, even angry at their body when the scale doesn't move as fast as they expected. They dismiss all their progress if the scale doesn't move according to their expectation. The unmet expectations trigger the negative self-talk. It sounds like this. Something is wrong with me. Something is wrong with my body. Why can't I figure this out? What is my problem? I thought I was doing all the things. I'm a mess. These thoughts lead to feelings of failure and shame, which ultimately, if left unchecked, will sabotage their weight loss goals. May I suggest a better way? I teach my clients to live with 100% commitment and zero expectation. I help them to persistently and consistently show up committed to loving their body by living a healthy lifestyle that is sustainable. As they learn how to drop the expectations that are results focused and constrained by time, these amazing women recognize it takes as long as it takes and the magic is in who they become during the process. By eliminating expectations and working towards 100% commitment. Instead, these women learn how to use faith untainted with expectation, faith in the process and in the growth. These women learn that being 100% committed translates into powerful belief, belief that with God, all things are possible. Belief in their ability to learn how to fuel their body most effectively belief in their body and its obedience to natural laws, self-belief. Success is measured by staying 100% committed to loving their body. I strive to teach my clients to recognize each failure as the doorway to growth that allows the stumbling block of the past to become the stepping stone toward our leveling up. I empower them to hope for the results, to envision their dream body, and ultimately to recognize that their success lies in their growth in becoming more of who they really are and becoming more capable and willing to serve others. Living with 100% commitment and zero expectation takes intention and it is a beautiful principle. So what do we do? How do we weed out the expectation, but still hold ourselves to a high standard, still set big goals and maintain an incredible vision for our future? Friends, It's all about the 100% commitment part. Absolutely keep the hope, the vision, the faith, keep the belief and the goals, all while eliminating every thread of expectation. The key is living with 100% commitment to a high standard of excellence, 100% commitment to showing up in alignment with Christ. With 100% commitment, We are dedicated to excellence, not perfection. We make a resolution to be consistent and persistent through all the failures and messiness inherent with the 50, 50 of life in order to grow. Without all the expectations and the pressure associated with them, we are free to focus on our process instead of our results. And this is seriously such a vital component because it's the process that we actually have 100% control over. Not the results. It's the process that develops our character. It's the systems we put in place, our persistence in following through, our consistency in showing up faithfully. This process is what propels growth and builds our character. It's all about 100% commitment and zero expectation. I love the show Batman Begins. There is a scene where Batman, as a young child, falls into a deep pit filled with bats. It's terrifying. Once his dad rescues him, do you remember what he says? It's so simple but profound. He says, Bruce, why do we fall? So we can get back up. Expectations would have us focus on the fall. Commitment allows us to focus on the getting back up. When we eliminate expectations, our failures no longer are negative. They are necessary for our growth. We embrace the journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all while hunting the growth with an overarching faith in God that He is in charge of our curriculum. Despite what I think should happen or what I thought was supposed to happen or what I just wish would happen, dropping the expectations about my life and the manuals with all my preconceived ideas about how things should go, letting go of all this resistance to what is allows me to genuinely let God prevail and land in a liberating place of surrender where I can ask, okay, so now what? Surrender of expectations allows us to get on with the business of growing through the trial, not just going through the trial. One thing I've learned through my back trial is that this honest surrender is contingent on my faith. Faith that is untainted by expectations. Faith where I know God is using the failure, the trial, the pain, the uncomfortable circumstance, the heartache. God is using it to mold me into better upon better version in an upward spiral toward becoming like my savior, Jesus Christ. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to have cracks, breaks, mistakes to fall, to drop the ball, to miss the mark. Not only is it okay, it actually is the plan. The atonement wasn't meant as a contingency or a backup. It is the plan. We aren't supposed to do mortality on our own. We're not meant to be perfect. We're meant to engage in the process of becoming perfect. I love the saying that goes, there was only ever one perfect person and he had a genetic advantage. The hard 50 is what makes us realize we aren't complete and that we could never do it on our own. It's the difficult 50 of life that prods us to turn our hearts to our savior. One thing that has really helped me in my process of weeding out every strand of expectation is to examine how I define success. Remember, expectations define success based on results. It's a fixed mindset. It's transactional. Commitment defines success based on our process. It's a growth mindset. It's transformational. Without the expectations, success is no longer a product of my results. I love how Mother Teresa states it. She says, I'm not going to be successful. I'm going to be faithful. To me, she's saying, I'm going to live with 100% commitment and zero expectation. Richard Rohr, a Catholic priest, says, Success is hardly ever your true self, only your early window dressing. It gives you some momentum for the journey, but it is never the goal. I like that. I'm working on consistently living in a place where my success does not depend on the number of clients I have, the amount of likes I get, how much money I make, how clean my home is, how well my kids are doing, how many wins my team gets, how skinny I am, how functional my body is, what kind of car I drive, how many vacations I take how much I get done in the day, how much service I do. With 100% commitment, success is when I consistently and persistently show up in alignment with Christ. Success is honing my process of staying centered, intentional, present, and focused. Success is a determination to live a life of purpose on purpose. It's showing up in a way I respect. It's laying down at the end of the day knowing I have fought the good fight and I gave it my all. Success to me now says I either win or I grow. It's dedication to my internal journey of knowing myself and my external journey in service to others. Success looks like landing in gratitude, humility, and confidence for the wins and intentionally generating compassion and curiosity for the losses and the difficult 50 of life. Success to me is knowing that without God, I am nothing. But with God, we can create miracles. Success is living in the space of faith where I know, miracle or not, God is in charge. It's commitment to surrendering my attachments to results and to holding firm in my faith that God's ways are always so much better than my ways. C.S. Lewis says this better than I ever could. He says, quote, imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps you can understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right and stopping the holes in the roof and so on. You know that these jobs needed doing, so you aren't surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one that you thought of. Throwing on a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, raising up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were making a decent life cottage, but he is building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. End quote. God is not concerned with our comfort. He is concerned with our growth. He is helping us become And who we will become as we surrender and live with 100% commitment will blow our every expectation out of the water. In addition to redefining success, another essential step which I've alluded to already that is helping me pluck out the expectation energy entwined throughout my life is to deeply ponder and examine faith. My back trial taught me that when faith is contaminated by expectations, it's as if we attach strings to our faith expectations say, I will believe in God and trust in his plan for me as long as it jives with what I think is supposed to happen. No. When we shine a light on expectation, it's very obvious that this is not faith. I hope that anyone who has a misconstrued definition of faith like I did, where faith and expectations are synonymous, I hope you can see clearly the flaw in this belief. I strive to watch my words really closely, and wherever I used to say I expect, I now say I hope. Instead of saying my expectation is, I say my vision is. The 1828 Webster definition of faith that really resonates truth to me is this. Faith is, quote, an entire confidence or trust in God's character and declarations and in the character and doctrines of Christ with an unreserved surrender of will to his guidance and dependence on his merits for salvation. In other words, that firm belief of God's testimony and the truth of the gospel, which influences the will and leads to an entire reliance on Christ for salvation. End quote. This definition of faith is very different than the definition I grew up with, which was faith is a confident expectation. Here, It states faith is an unreserved surrender of the will to his guidance, a firm belief, an entire reliance on Christ for salvation. That feels so much better in my heart than the entitlement, control, disappointment, disapproval, and shame that accompanies expectations. If you really think about it, expectations have everything to do with our will and what we think should be. True faith is surrender to God's will. True faith is being willing to let God prevail and prevailing with God come what may. If we can replace our expectations with genuine and pure faith, if we can lean into hope instead of expectation, and ultimately if we can land in a place of charity versus expectation, where we suffer long, don't envy, are not puffed up, do not seek our own, bear all things, believe, hope, and endure all things, it will serve us incredibly well. There truly is opposition in all things. Where God uses faith, Satan's counterfeit is expectation. As we become aware of the difference, it's like G.I. Joe says, knowing is half the battle. Take my challenge and analyze your life. What expectations do you have for God? What do you expect of yourself? Where are their unmet expectations? And are they serving you? How could you lean into being 100% committed instead? Examine your definition of success and faith to help you let go of expectation. Have hope, have vision, have faith, have goals, have charity. Strive to eliminate expectation. Watch out for when expectations land you in force energy. When you feel urgency to control something, it's time to reevaluate. When you notice the tendency to demand something from God or yourself, you can know with 100% certainty it's not healthy or in alignment. God is all about free agency. God will never force or control us. He will give us a 50-50 life experience where there is opposition in all things. But what we decide to think, how we decide to feel, and the actions we choose to take are always up to our agency. God will never make us think, feel, or do anything against our will. That was Satan's plan. Satan loves expectations. Satan's counterfeit to pure faith is expectation. Satan is all about controlling, manipulating, forcing, and demanding. God desires a willing, trusting heart. And although God won't always deliver us from the trials, he will help us endure them, and he will use them to refine us into better upon better versions of ourselves when we don't get what we expected and in this life it is inevitable we will experience all sorts of blows to what we think should happen if we aren't willing to relinquish our expectations and surrender then these blows will shake and destabilize our faith the tighter the grip on our expectations about our life the more catastrophic the hit to our relationship with god and ourself I love you all for listening. I hope you will join me in striving to live with 100% commitment and zero expectation. Through it all, always remember, you are designed for greatness. Hey there. If you enjoy this podcast and want more, go grab my free tutorial, three brain traps that will keep you stuck. If you are to live with 100% commitment, it is critical you become the boss of your brain and firmly align your thoughts with light and truth. I can't wait to get you started. Click on the link below in the show notes or go to my website, CandiceNoss.com to get it. And remember, you are designed for greatness.